You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands we record this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation, as well as the Wanarua and the Gamilaroi people. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Long live the King. The day that many of us knew was fast approaching but hoped it would never has finally arrived. A statement was released by Buckingham Palace just after 6.30pm UK time last night saying the Queen had died peacefully at Balmoral Castle this afternoon. The King and the Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral Castle this evening and will return to London tomorrow. This day and the events to follow have been meticulously planned. The details refined over the past 70 years. Today we pay tribute to the woman who ruled the Commonwealth as we find out how everything gets handed to her son, King Charles III. But first, in news headlines for Friday, September 9. After a long life dedicated to the service of the Crown, Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth passed away yesterday afternoon local time. The statement from Buckingham Palace read, The Queen died peacefully at Balmoral Castle this afternoon. The King and Queen Consort will remain at Balmoral this evening and will return to London tomorrow. Prime Minister Anthony Albanese paid tribute to Elizabeth, saying, An historic reign and long life devoted to duty, family, faith and service has come to an end. The government and people of Australia offer our deepest condolences to the royal family who are grieving for a beloved mother, grandmother and great-grandmother, the person who for so long was their greatest strength. Elizabeth is now succeeded by her son, King Charles III. Sporting events across the UK have been cancelled in the wake of the passing of Queen Elizabeth. The England and Wales Cricket Board announced the second day's play in the men's test match between England and South Africa would be cancelled, along with all scheduled matches in the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy. The BMW PGA Championships at Wentworth Club were also suspended and the golf club's flags dropped to half-mast. Manchester United's home clash in the Europa League went ahead, but a minute's silence was held before kick-off and the flags at Old Trafford flew at half-mast while both teams wore black armbands. There was no pre-match music at the game and the digital signage was turned off as the news spread around the ground. Australia's Republican movement has released a statement on the passing of Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth, saying the time is now right for Australia to strike out on her own, no disrespect intended to the new King Charles III. The last time the Republic was really discussed in Australia was in 1999, when a referendum was held asking the Australian public if they wanted to sever ties with England. But instead of asking a simple yes-no question, they presented an alternative presidential model that the Aussie public didn't agree with, so the movement failed. The movement's chair, Peter Fitzsimon, says with the greatest respect to Charles III, and he means that, he has nothing against him personally, he does not enjoy the same deep wellspring of affection and loyalty that Her Majesty did and that a phenomenal number of people have said to him over the years that they're with the Republican movement, but not until the Queen passes. 
COVID restrictions change for Australians today, both those who have the virus and those who are travelling. From today, those who come down with COVID will only have to self-isolate for five days instead of seven, while masks are now no longer compulsory on international flights coming into Australia or on domestic flights. While the mandate has been dropped, Federal Health Minister Mark Butler says travellers are still advised to wear masks for their own safety. A Ukrainian general says his country's forces have advanced up to 50 kilometres into Russian lines in the Kharkiv region. Ukraine claimed they have recaptured 700 square kilometres of the territory taken when Russia invaded earlier this year. Foreign intelligence services saying Russia has suffered huge casualties, but authorities are still working to confirm the claim. Brigadier General Alexei Gromov told a news briefing that they'd retaken more than 20 villages in the region during the ongoing operation saying the enemy infantry and motorised artillery units are unprotected by air defence systems and so are now easy prey. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. It is a day of great loss. But Queen Elizabeth II leaves a great legacy. 70 years as Queen, 70 years of service, an extraordinary life, which is incredibly difficult simply to put into words. There will be a sense of deep sorrow and sadness uh, across the country, and may she rest in peace. London Bridge is down. These are the words that would have been uttered by the first person to discover that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II had passed away. While the mood at the palace would have been sombre, the details of what was to happen next have been in place since the 1960s. Everyone knew what role they had to play on this day. Her Majesty's private secretary called and informed Prime Minister Liz Truss using the code London Bridges Down to convey the message to those who needed to know first. Ten minutes after receiving the news, the flags at 10 Downing Street were lowered to half-mast. By then, the firm's cogs had begun to turn in earnest as the palace sent the news out to the world's media via the Press Association, the royal website homepage turning to black with a simple message and their social media accounts falling silent. The official UK government site now shows a black banner of mourning and all non-essential government social media content has been cancelled. TV presenters across the Commonwealth who were instructed to wear black suits and dresses on this occasion now deliver the news to their viewers, running obituary pieces that have been sitting and waiting in archives for days, months, years, possibly even decades for this very moment. As all that unfolded, a footman emerged from Buckingham Palace to place the notice of the Queen's passing on the gate. As experienced by the Queen herself, who was out of the country when she received the news that her own father, King George, had passed away, realising she didn't have a black outfit to wear for the journey home, all royals are required to travel with some form of black clothing should something happen while they're on tour. They will all now be making their way back to England, wearing those carefully considered outfits. As the Queen passed but not in residence at Buckingham Palace, her body will travel on the Royal Train to be met by the Prime Minister and Cabinet officials at St Pancras Station in London. The Prime Minister Liz Truss issued an official statement saying today the Crown passes, as it has done for more than 1,000 years, to our new monarch, 
our new Head of State, His Majesty King Charles III, and with the King's family, we mourn the loss of his mother. Queen Elizabeth II was the rock on which modern Britain was built. Our country has grown and flourished under her reign. Britain is the great country it is today because of her. And with the passing of the second Elizabethan age, we usher in a new era in the magnificent history of our great country, exactly as Her Majesty would have wished, by saying the words, God save the King. A 41-gun salute lasting nearly seven minutes will be fired from Hyde Park in Her Majesty's honour. Queen Elizabeth's son, now King Charles III, will give a speech ahead of a small service that will be held at St Paul's Cathedral for senior government officials only. Her Majesty's coffin will then lie in state at Westminster Abbey as the public pay their respects until a full state funeral led by the Archbishop of Canterbury. Queen Elizabeth II has seen off 15 British Prime Ministers, 16 Aussie PMs, wars, conflicts, terror attacks, a shift in technology from the introduction of TV to the smartphone. Since she donned the crown in 1953, she has seen 18 Commonwealth Games, opening five of them herself, including the Melbourne Games in 2006. For most of us, she will be the only monarch we have ever known, her passing a seismic shift in the royal family as we know them. So what happens now? Giselle Baston is an associate professor in the College of Humanities, Arts and Social Sciences at Flinders University. Giselle's research focuses on the field of royalism and biographies, biopics and histories about the British royal family and representations of the upper middle class and aristocracy in heritage film and English literature. Giselle, what is now expected of Charles seeing as he took over as monarch the moment his mother passed? He wouldn't have much time to mourn his own mother. Well, it'll crank up fairly quickly. He will immediately be presented to the Accession Council in St James's Palace and there he'll meet a combination of privy councillors and politicians and various other, you know, people of state and he will be declared king and he will give an oath and sign a document to that effect And then there will be the whole ceremonies around the lying in of state of the Queen. And it will, you know, go on for for several days. And no, he won't be able to just pop up to Balmoral and have some quiet grieving time. So I understand then he has to go on tour immediately. Why does he have to do that? He has to present himself to all the parts of the United Kingdom because he's the head of the entire country, as it were, he has to nonetheless recognise the devolved parliaments of each of those. So he goes to Wales, he'll go to Scotland, and he'll go to Northern Ireland and be formally presented, as it were, as the King of the United Kingdom to those parliaments. What happens with the Duchess of Cornwall now, Camilla? Does she travel with him? Does her title change? What's her role now? Uh, Well, she may well travel with him, yes. Her title will change to Queen Consort, Queen Camilla. There was talk at the time of their marriage that she would be the Princess Consort, but I think that was merely to assuage the public's mood. Many of people, of course, still felt 
real affection for Diana, Princess of Wales, and just could not see Camilla in her place. But with time passing and a growing acceptance of Camilla, well, I'd be very surprised if Charles didn't have her announced as Queen Consort. She doesn't technically have a need to have a title at all. It's just something that's given as a courtesy, really. She's not regnant. She's not a ruler like her husband, but uh, they are given honorary titles, as it were. So while all of this is going on with Charles and Camilla, what's happening at the palace? Do people go about shifting out the now past Queen's belongings? Do Charles and Camilla then just get moved in? How is that all working? Well, there have been some indications, I think, that as part of his scaling back and making smaller the whole institution of monarchy, Charles has indicated that he might not necessarily move into Buckingham Palace. Or if he does, he'll take a very small apartment at the very top. He doesn't want to have the huge suites of rooms that have long been at the disposal of the Windsors. And so it's a way of sort of moving in, but possibly only into the attic as a symbolic move, because Buckingham Palace is where they do their business. But he's pretty happy at Clarence House with his wife that had formerly been his grandmother's house, Elizabeth, the Queen Mother, and he might not see the need to have a full-scale shift into BP, as they call it. The Queen's things will be, you know, removed and put into storage. I mean, apart from her personal effects, so much of what was attached to her were symbols of state and what have you, and many, many things will be tucked away for archives and museums and things of that kind, and it will be preserved as the Queen's objects, as it were. I imagine it takes quite a lot of administration to shift over one ruler to another because everything would have letterhead on it, but then there's also things like currency, which has the Queen's face on it. I imagine the Mint then would have to, I don't know, start printing Charles's face immediately? I don't know what delay there will be for that, but in the case of, say, when the Queen's uncle, Edward VIII, took over from his father, George V, he didn't sit for the official coin portrait, as it were, for some months. And I'm thinking of him as an example because he famously refused to face the opposite way to the way his father had faced on the coins. So on a coin, when we look at the Queen, she's facing to the right. So tradition has it that King Charles will face to the left because they alternate on the coins. So they sit for the portrait and then, of course, the, the minting has to happen. And I don't think it happens the next day. I think it gets rolled out slowly and possibly with an aim to be in place for the coronation, which... In the case of Queen Elizabeth II, I mean, she didn't have her coronation until nearly a year after her father died. So the coronation won't happen within weeks either. Uh, These things take a lot of time. What can we expect from the funeral of a queen? The majority of us have not been around to witness anything like it, but we did see the funeral of Princess Diana and that incredible crowd that gathered to watch the procession. Are we expecting something along the likes of that? Well, it's hard to guess what kind of scale this one will take because once upon a time it would have just been assumed it would be massive. And I still don't think it will be small, but I think as we saw in 2021 
with Prince Philip's funeral, they have found ways of scaling back and doing things because of external conditions such as COVID in the case of Prince Philip. But I think it perhaps gave them a sense of, okay, we can do this on a smaller scale, but no less majestically or reverently. I think, though, the Queen's procession will still take place around London. There will be a service at Westminster Abbey, and then eventually she'll be interred at uh, St George's Chapel at Windsor, which is where the monarchs are placed finally. But I think it'll be a big show, but perhaps not as huge even as perhaps even her own mother's funeral back in 2002 or three, which uh, was very large scale. The plans they have in place for London Bridge, as it's known, the death plan, as it were, the funeral plan, they may still be operational. I'm guessing they will be tweaked to reflect perhaps more modest times, a sense of spending less, of keeping it again dignified and a spectacle where people can go and honour their late queen and the public can you know, pay their respects. I mean, all of that will still have to be in place, but perhaps there will be fewer battalions and regiments and aristocrats and peers and people and that following behind or being in the, the procession of any kind. I like the way they did Phillips, actually, with just the key senior members and immediate members of the royal family behind his coffin. What kind of legacy do you feel Queen Elizabeth will leave behind her? She has been a tremendously and warmly received monarch. I think she will be, in people's memories, one of the most unblemished of sovereigns. She was so known for her loyalty and duty and her steadfastness and her just plain ability to have been a fantastic head of state, constant and nice. And I think that kind of almost undiluted support and reverence for her is something that I don't think future monarchs can ever have because I just don't think that many people are made like her. She displayed all of the the qualities that she had as as queen from her earliest days as a little girl. You know, she was very orderly and discreet and very good at listening and not barging in and telling people what she thought about everything. She was a perfect silent muse almost. We see her and we've heard the speeches and what have you, but people didn't ever really know what she thought about very many things. And so, again, I don't think we'll see another monarch who can manage it. I mean, we already know Charles so differently to the way that the public knew Elizabeth when she first came to the throne. So I think she'll go down as one of the best. I mean, she certainly launched a new Elizabethan age, and she reigned for so long. In that regard, I think she'll be up there in people's esteem and and regard in the same way as, say, Elizabeth I and Queen Victoria. Uh, She's the third of not the only female sovereigns that have been, but certainly she's in the top three of the best. And I think she'll be tremendously missed for a long time. And the institution that she represented, uh, that was in her shape, in that reflected her, I think that too shall pass. 
The world knew this day was coming, with Her Majesty's health deteriorating in recent months and spending all her time at Windsor Castle away from London. We were told that she had mobility issues and she'd been walking using a cane, but as the events she was supposed to preside over started to be cancelled in more regular fashion, we knew that Her Majesty's time on this earth was nearing its end. In her final act just days ago, she accepted Boris Johnson's resignation as Prime Minister and swore in the new PM Liz Truss, the last Prime Minister to serve under her watch. Our Prime Minister Anthony Albanese released a statement saying Australian hearts go out to the people of the United Kingdom who mourn today, knowing they will feel they have lost part of what makes their nation whole. Governor-General David Hurley also spoke, saying when he reflects on his own memories, she was his queen for his whole life, something that rings true for most of us. And the King himself, Charles III, has also spoken on his mother's passing, saying the death of my beloved mother, Her Majesty the Queen, is a moment of the greatest sadness for me and all of my family members. We mourn profoundly the passing of a cherished sovereign and a much-loved mother. Rest in peace, Elizabeth. We should take comfort that better days will return. We will be with our friends again. We will be with our families again. We will meet again. That's the quickie for today. This episode was produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Liv Proud, with audio production by Madeline Joannou.